Stuttgarter Tor ist leer. Alles oder nichts. Das komplette Fleisch ist aus dem Grill. Auf dem Grill die Ecke kommt. Und er ist drin! Und er ist drin! Der absolute Wahnsinn! Der VfB Stuttgart bleibt in der ersten Fußball-Bundesliga. Schiebt sich vor. Welcome to episode 101 of Valfish Stuttgart American, an American-based English-language Valfish Stuttgart fan podcast where we use unofficial, uninformed, and usually unprepared. This is a trifecta as we usually do, and my guest today, co-host really, is Ted. And Ted, we are celebrating the trifecta of Ohio today. Your Cincinnati Bengals lost, my Cleveland Browns lost, the Ohio State Buckeyes lost. The only thing bringing us together, Ted, is what? Is what? Fowf Bay. Um, yes, we, we they're doing enough winning for all the rest of our teams, thankfully. Which is why we don't have Matt on the episode because we couldn't handle his too heavy positivity today. You know, Ted, I forgot last episode the amount of episodes you had been on, and this is where I think I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. This is episode number nine for you. So if you go through all the number nines in Fowf Bay history, you have a cornucopia of amazing players to pick from you have currently Seru you have our old friend Sasha you have Steven Zuber who at one time was our savior Simone Tarota who was just the best second division player ever Robbie Cruza Eva Sevich who was my favorite FIFA player all the way down to Freddie Bovich you've got Jurgen 88 to 89 Fritz Walter twice Ted, you have your better of a cornucopia to pick from. You can only pick one of those guys. Which one are you going with? Oh my gosh. Well, I have to pick, I have to pick the one uh who I've, you know, in my watching period um has been most impactful to me, which is Seru. Um, and, and part of that is I'm sure a recency bias. Um, if I had a little bit more time in the chair as a Fowler Bay fan, I, I suspect uh, I would be inclined to pick Freddie Bobich or Fritz Walter. Um, but I, I'm going Seru personally. I am going to pick this Voodoo Ranger 9% Imperial IPA 9% that I just picked up for this episode. I mean, Coincidence? I think I'm going to round my pumpkin. It's an 8.6. I'm going to round that up to nine. My friends, this is going to be an epic episode of Alexa Witch. No number nine has ever seen. Ted, here we go. So Valby Bingo, Phil Bonnie didn't get a single one, which is actually pretty good because those are all cliches. Phil had a little bit of a rough match, but all the teams had a rough match coming back. So Phil, we feel you. It was a tough one coming back from the international break. Pod predictions. Austin is still in the lead. He went six and three this week. It doesn't make any sense. He's lost everything, but he's crushing. He extended his lead by two over Matt. Uh, the Valby Frauen. Ted, usually we go to Matt in this one. Throwing it to your lap a little bit here. They won again. They've got 10 wins and 11 matches against a direct competitor, SC Sun 2. Uh, Caster got the goal. They're going to the winter break up on the table. I mean, the Valby Frown, how awesome would it be if they made it into the big leagues after this season? Because they're trending in that direction. This would be sick. And they are on an absolutely ludicrous tear. Um, that's, I can't believe, 10 wins out of 11 um, chances is, is just absolutely nuts. And um, yeah, I mean, it looks very positive for them making it up to the upper upper division next season. Yeah, they're, they're looking great. We got some former Valpiers who are looking great. Gil Diaz got 45 minutes in a draw. Endo got five minutes in a Liverpool draw. Juan Pereira got 45 minutes in a Honda loss, unfortunately. Omar Baez got 62 minutes in a 2-1 win for his Turkish team. Luca Pfeiffer got one minute in a 1-1 draw. The big news was Mo Sanko got a hat trick for his team in the Netherlands uh, league. Juan Pereira got 25 minutes in a Honda loss in the second division. So, of all of those teams, here's what's really wild. The second division has 14 matches in already. It's St. Pauli, Hamburg, Dusseldorf, and Elversburg 
are leading the top four spots with Hanover and Kiel right behind. Of those five or six, which one of those would you be really excited to see make it up to the uh, first division next year? I would love to see St. Pauli and, and uh, Haas Fow make it up there together um, so that we get a top flight Hamburg Derby. Um, that would be amazing. Uh, St. Pauli just has an awesome fan base, um, such a cool culture surrounding the club. So it'd be great to have them back in the top flight. Um, and Haas Fow, like, um, I saw a statistic um, stack ranking attendance um, in uh, European soccer stadiums this season. I think Fowf Bay was actually, I want to say maybe number 20 or something like that, which I was pleasantly surprised by with the, the diminished capacity of the stadium. But Haas Fow was in the top 20, I think, of all European teams or something insane like that for a second division team. So it'd be great to have them back. It would be, but I'm going to 100% disagree with you. I want Elversburg and Kiel up there. So it's Heidenheim, Darmstadt, those two. So that we have every chance in the world to stay up in the first division forever. Elversburg, I, I don't even think it's real. I think it's a, a team out of like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I could not pick that out on a map of Germany. Um, no idea where the hell Elversburg is. You bring up a great segue. Speaking of no idea, OFC Fantasy, I am terrible at this. Uh, BD's Nuts. I love the fact, again, I say it all the time, that we have somebody in our OFC named BD's Nuts. And Village Footy won the week. Village Footy, give them a listen. They do a great job. SC Cool Runnings and Doug took second and third, but Village Footy still has a 60-point lead in our fantasy. OFC's tip spiel, I am Rob Holloway, won the week. He's in fourth place behind Stefan and Kaigai. Um the OFC man of the match, 93% of the OFC members voted for this particular person. Ted, before we reveal it, who was your OFC man of the match? And because we started to do this, who was your runner-up for OFC man of the match? Yeah, um, I, I had Dennis um, as as my man of the match. Just awesome job with, uh, with the two goals. I think really set the tone for the match. Um, for runner-up... I honestly, um, I don't know if he would have necessarily, I don't know that he was necessarily the second best guy on the pitch, but someone who I was maybe um, as impressed with as anyone else was labeling um, in this match for me personally. I have been a labeling boo bird um, <laughs> so far this season um, and, and really didn't think he was cut out for it. Um, but, you know, second straight match where he was in the starting eleven maybe gaining a little bit more confidence and comfort in the team. And I, I thought he played a really good match. Yeah, he definitely played really well. I think we're starting to see the the role that he plays, even though the results sometimes may not be as flashy as we'd like. But 93% of the OFC voted for exactly who he said. Dennis Undav was man of the match going away. Vice champion, which is a German phrase I absolutely love. Runner up second place was Max Middlestadt, who we'll talk a lot about, I think, in the second segment. So think it. Uh, the second segment, Ted, what do you think? Let's dive on in, huh? Let's do it. All right, so part two, we got the match itself. Now, I didn't knew, know this too much before uh, the announcers talked about it, and I'm really glad we didn't preview this last time because Frankfurt is owned us and i had no idea now all time on 105 matches it's 45 to 37 us but in the last nine we haven't won a single one of those we've had a couple draws they're seventh on the table we were the surprise team of the season third on the table uh they were on an eight game winning streak in terms of just getting points the last kind of setback they had though was the match right before this one against bremen where they got a draw so I'm interested in your thoughts going into this because when I think Frankfurt, I always think of a team that's kind of at our eye level, but the results of the last four or five years don't indicate that this is a team that's better than us. And if you look at their Pokal results, their Europa conference results, Europa league results that indicates it. But for some reason, I'm never too intimidated by these guys. What about you? Yeah, generally speaking, I would agree with that. Um, but the last few seasons, it seems like they are they're just they've been a level above us each of the last few seasons. Um, you know, they're playing in their, you know, they're finishing in the European places, um, they're playing in in, in cup matches. Um, 
and and I am remembering back to um the the episode you all recorded right before the the DFB Pokal semifinal late last season um when I think we uncovered this that we've got this nasty track record uh the last few seasons against these guys and they've just had our number um and I was definitely I had that in the back of my head coming into this one. I feel like, you know, we've been on this tear. We've looked fantastic, but, um, you know, definitely felt a little bit nervous. Yeah, it's one of those matches where you're going into and you're like, all right, this is where the rubber's going to meet the road a little bit. We're going to find out a little bit about what we are because it just, it's weird because Frankfurt's almost like Wolfsburg a little bit. They're there. They're always good, but you just don't put them in the same limelight as Bayer or Leipzig. But you certainly think of them much more than you think of like a Mainz, for example. So we go into this one and our lineup was exactly the same as it was the Dortmund match. So we had the international break. So guys were rested a little bit. A lot of us were getting excited because we're like, all right, Seiru is getting healthy and we want to see the double headed monster that is Seiru and Dennis Undav. I was excited for it. It didn't turn out to be that way. Uh, Seiru had played 90 minutes in the international match going into this one. I didn't realize this. He had 24 hours of flight before he got to Stuttgart, which I, I don't know about you, but I mean, that, that's rough on your body. I think that's one of the unwritten kind of uh, um, facts that we don't really take into consideration is how much that plans on these guys. So he didn't start. So were you disappointed not to see Seiru in there? Were there any surprises in the lineup being exactly the same as it was against Dortmund? I was personally shocked um, not to see him in there. I think that's probably I'm exposing my own naivete a little bit on that one. Um, if he played 90 minutes in the last match for his country, I, I get that, that he probably needed a rest. Um, speaking as someone who is six foot five flying <laughs> for 24 hours, not exactly appealing. Um, he was probably wrapped up like a Swabian pretzel somewhere back in economy. Um, that poor man. So um, I get it, but it, it was a bit of a shock for me um, when they reviewed the 11 and I was like, wait, where's Seiru? Um, I was glad to see him on the bench, but yeah, surprised he was not in the 11. You know, sidebar, I can only imagine what Swabian air would be like. <laughs> what would be the, there's no first class on that one, is there? There's no first class, but him, <laughs> you eat well. <laughs> Great food on that airline. All the montage and you can handle, but there's no leg room at all. So as we go into the game, I've been trying to, over the last few episodes, break it down into major talking points. And when we win, it's a little tough because there's a lot of things. So here's what I've got. We had the strange home support for Frankfurt. We had the strange referee sub, the strange start, uh, the, the momentum, the Seiru miss, which blew all of our minds, and the deserved win. So let's start with something that doesn't really impact us, but the, the home support. So the stadium was quiet. And in German football, you're not really used to seeing that. And what you're used to seeing, or at least hearing, is the Stuttgart's traveling support be loud, and they were. But part of that was because the Frankfurt home support was very quiet. And it turns out the Ultras didn't bring their A game because they were protesting the increased police presence that was going on prior to the match, which is really taking place in a lot of stadiums, um, from what I've read over over. In, in Europe. Did you notice that during the game? Because it definitely seemed, and the commentator said during the match that Stuttgart was playing like it wasn't an away match, like it was a home match. They were being aggressive. H how much do you think the support played into that? Do you think that's overstated? What do you think? Yeah, I think tact, I, I, I don't suspect that Honus changed his tactics based on that. I think this was just an opportunistic side um, that, you know, you know, just came out hungry and and ready to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And that was amazing that Undog got that, that first minute opener. Um, but I have to imagine that, you know, for the players, it, it can't have hurt that it was pretty quiet. Um, you know, I, I, and I think, um, it's interesting. I think this all goes back to that St. Pauli Hanover match on November 11th, I think, where the police up there in, in Hamburg went into the away section um, with the Hanover fans and, and kind of roughed some of them up. So I think there have been a, a lot of deeply upset ultras um, feeling like there's maybe been some police overreach. And so I gather that there was a little bit of a, a scuffle, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it, outside of the stadium um, that kind of caused this. 
Yeah, yeah, because a week after that in the Stuttgart Dorman match, it was the same thing where there was 10 or 15 of the Stuttgart Ultras that weren't allowed to go into the stadium. And there was a response there. It's just weird because I went to go see my sons in a play downtown and uh, in Cleveland, which is whatever major, you know, Midwest city. And um, we were down there and I was kind of like, oh, they're not scanning us, you know, which is which is okay. But just my mind went there, which is so weird. And then there, unfortunately, was a shooting downtown Cleveland for the Christmas tree lighting ceremony, which uh, luckily everybody's okay. But it's just a weird world we live in. And I think this is where, from an American perspective, we see this different than maybe a German perspective. We're like, okay, um, why aren't there more of a police presence here in the States? Whereas maybe over there, they're like, whoa, back off. And I... I don't know if that's a reality or not, but I definitely thought about that when I was watching my son this weekend is, wow, if this was a Stuttgart match, maybe people would be pretty upset or pretty happy with the results here. So I don't know what to think about that, but it definitely played into our favor because as you mentioned, Frankfurt was definitely, they were on their heels and that's what we're used to seeing Stuttgart being is on their heels that first minute. So let's jump into that. Undav, um, we can talk about this guy for a while, but he set a record, which is why I love the Bundesliga sometimes, because they have these ridiculous records that are like Major League Baseball. He's the only person to have scored a goal in the first minute and the 45th minute in Bundesliga history, which I'm like, that's like Cal Ripken hitting, I don't know, a single in the third inning and the seventh inning. You know, Okay, that's great. So he got a brace, which is awesome. Um, let's talk Dennis Undav for more than a minute here. Max Middlestadt had two great plays to him. That guy's been playing out of his mind compared to what we thought we were getting from um, Herta. Enzo had a play to get it to Max um, for one of them. Max had a play from Enzo to get it to Undav. I'm throwing a lot at you here, but Dennis gets us on the board right away. Let's just take a minute. Dennis Undav, I mean, this guy's been unbelievable. His... Yes, his frequency of scoring coming into the match, I saw a graphic. Um, Seiru, I want to say, is scoring a goal for every 44 minutes he's on the pitch or something like that. Um, Harry Kane has been pretty impressive too. But Dennis Undav quietly, I believe, is scoring one goal for every 70 minutes he's been on the pitch. Um, and just by sheer virtue of Seiru Garassi also being on the team, I think he's going unnoticed by us to an extent, even as the fan base and definitely to the rest of the league. Um, but he is very quietly, very dangerous. It, it's it's crazy how well he's played. And let's talk about the tactics just for a second, because it, the commentator said during the match, and I started to notice it myself, is that there were six, seven Stuttgart players in the offensive half is when we turned the ball over, when we turned the ball over, they were pressing like crazy. And that helped lead to the first goal, but it also helped put so much pressure on Frankfurt that they weren't able to build up. And they're a possession team. They're used to having possession. And we weren't allowing them to do that. I don't know. Did you notice anything about that? It Or is that part of the honus system we're getting used to? What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think based on the personnel that he's got, he feels like this is a style that he can play pressing guys up there. Um, and even with Anton nominally at right back, because he's got labeling and Furyk on the wings who can fly up and down and, and really play box to box. And then now that Fagnamon is healthy again, he can sub Yasha in, um, he can bring other guys, you know, he can bring Silas in over on the left-hand side. Um, so I think by virtue of us being healthy right now, he is very fortunate to be able to play this style of like extremely aggressive, just run your tail off soccer, which is fantastic. But it's funny because it's not like what they're playing in Cologne with Baumgart, where they just press all day long. This is very strategic pressing. I think there's a couple articles that we posted on Twitter about how when Stuttgart turns the ball over in the offensive half, they press like crazy. But in the defensive half, they go back to a back four where Anton's on the right, which I'm not super excited about. But on defense, if Anton's a right back, I'm okay with it. But it seems like on offense, they switch to more of a three. Middle shot goes forward. Furish leveling go forward there. I just I, I love the fact that it's very uh, flexible. 
I guess is what I'm saying is it's it's not stuck like Pellegrino was a bit, definitely like Bruno was, where you see these guys kind of move up and down a little bit. So we see the pressing take place. We put them on their heels immediately. It was the slowest goal to ever be scored of all time. That thing just dribbled in at some point. But then it seemed like almost like you punched the bully on the schoolyard. I don't know, Ted, if you saw this, but the next 20, 30 minutes, I was like, oh, God, we these guys are going to run. Because it seemed like, did you see this too? The next 20, 30 minutes, Frankfurt was just crushing us. Yes. Uh, honestly, like the the own goal, incredibly unlucky, but it was also like, you know, it was it was coming. Um, it was completely deserved by Frankfurt um, and, and just seemed like it was a matter of time watching that. So it's funny because the momentum shifted. Anton had that rough own goal, which is a gorgeous own goal. He joked about it on Instagram uh, about how they were even able to overcome his glorious own goal there. Um, it, Stuttgart teams from the past, though, that caves them in. And I'm not going to lie, as a supporter and a fan, at that point, I was like, okay, we've had our nice run. We've got 24 points. This is where we get kicked to the curb a little bit. These guys didn't (laughs) listen to me at all. They went for it again. So let's talk about Dennis and and Max a little bit more. Frankfurt is definitely on the gas, but we are opportunistic. And this is one of the things I thought was really interesting that Frankfurt said is that they only had a couple opportunities, but they cashed in on those opportunities. Stuttgart was the best team we've played this season. And basically what Kicker and some of the other uh, publications are trying to say is this is how you usually describe a team like Bayer Leverkusen or Bayern Mugen. They don't get many opportunities, but when they do, they put them away. And I don't think we're at that level yet, which isn't exactly a hot take. But, Ted, it's kind of exciting for teams to look at us kind of in that way. If you give us one chance, we're going to put it away. And think about how 180 degrees different that (laughs) is from how we would have described ourselves two and three years ago. It was like getting a million chances and we just didn't have anyone who could put the ball in the back of the net. And now we are that team that it's like, we're hitting at a 70% clip. It's crazy. And and let's talk about one of the biggest things that everybody was talking about is the guy who has been putting everything away missed one. So Enzo had a fantastic pass to Seiru who came on around the 60th minute and Seiru missed what is a shot that he usually makes. It wasn't easy shot. I put on Twitter, I was like, what just happened? Seru missed. I mean, when he missed that shot, when you saw it, did your brain explode? Because that's not what we're used to. What just happened? It did a bit, which is kind of crazy because looking back at that, that is not an easy, that is not an easy goal. No. Um, Trap trap is coming out, closing him down. Um, He's made it a difficult angle. And I think it's just like, Seiru has been so, so good um, since he arrived that we just expect him to score anything, even something like that, where I didn't see an Amazon statistic afterwards about like what the what percentage they would have projected that um, that to be a goal. Um, My guess is, though, that's that's single digit, probably something like that. Um, But I think it was a big surprise to all of us that he didn't bag it. He has set the bar a little too high for all of us here. So let's go to kicker on this one. Kicker, quote, to make a long story short, overall, there was too little from Eintracht to seriously threaten the well-organized and at times deep Valpe defense in a 2-2 draw. Uh, Frankfurt had a half-baked effort at the 64th minute and at the 69th minute. Otherwise, when there were good passes from Gota, who briefly took control of the game, an opponent was always consistently in the way, like Zagadou in the 77th minute and Ito in the 78th minute. So that's how they wrap it up there. And I do want to give some love to our boy Zagadou and Ito. I, I have become a Dan Axo fanboy at this point. I absolutely love everything this guy is doing. So let's give a little bit of love to the defense here. You've got Anton, who's getting a lot of love, I think, because he's run up and down. But Daxo is just clearing everything out of the back. And Ito is somehow becoming the kind of unsung guy in the back here. So give some love to, to the defense. Um, Alex Newbell, who didn't seem like he had a lot to do that day. 
Yeah, I mean, Alex's best save um, was off of a, a shot that didn't end up counting because the ball had already gone out of bounds um, on the would-be assist. Um, but his reaction on that shot was incredible. And that was like, that shot was coming at 200 miles an hour. Um, so for him to have reacted as quickly as he did and saved that thing was was super impressive. Um, I mean, heck, he even got a hand on uh, on Waldy's beautiful, uh, beautiful <laughs> header. Um, so he, he was with it. He was looking good. I just love Daxo and his, I don't know. It's just so bizarre, Matt. And I've talked about this, how this guy went from a complete just lead weight to a guy who is just completely the anchor of our defense. I, I don't know what to explain it. And I always forget he's only 24 years old. He's so young, but there was a couple of really great tweets out there about when Dr. Brick was hurt and the guys got together and they were talking tactics and it was Enzo, Anton, Ito, Daxo. I, Daxo to me is just becoming such a quarterback in that back, that back line. And he looks to me very loose and very happy, um, which is very different from the way that he looked last season. Um, and I, I think he's just, settled in maybe it's the results um that are contributing to it or maybe his demeanor is part of what's delivering the results but he he looks like a happy man to me and given his injury history and underperformance history whatever you want to call it like I think that's that's huge for a young player like that to have that confidence yeah it makes you wonder Bill posted some article about how Maxi Milstadt's super happy because he has a Schwabian girlfriend now and I'm like well I guess that that helps I don't know you've been from berlin your whole life so whatever but no it's it's the i love watching these guys celebrate after match because those of us have been supporters for a while we haven't had a lot to celebrate over the last few years so the fact these guys are pumped up is just awesome and i love watching daxo celebrate because he just he's had a rough go in his career and to see him kind of rejuvenate himself as this club is rejuvenating themselves so let's speak about that a little bit let's look at the rest of the table we're still in third place ted 27 points so Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern München both won their matches so they are in first and second place Dortmund had a comeback from behind win so they're in fourth place Leipzig lost Hoffenheim had a draw today and Frankfurt lost to us that's your top seven. Oh, by the way Ted Valpe Schugart in the top seven crazy crazy <laughs> um we would yeah it, it was fun looking at Twitter this week or X or whatever we call it these days. Um, but the number of people who were like, oh, this is the projected Champions League draw for first <laughs> season. Um, that's heady stuff. I mean, it's it's been over a decade since we were talking like this. Um, so really, really exciting. And it's like, as long as we keep getting three points and keeping our destiny in our hands, I mean, um, Bayern and and Bayer are running away with the league, um, but none of us came in thinking that we were going to be anywhere sniffing the top of the table. So let's take happy. a second and talk about that for a second. We, we don't have any questions about this, but I was talking to Jeff today and he's really down because he's a Cologne supporter. And what he's down about Cologne isn't so much that they're 18th on the table as much as they don't have a plan. And I, what we were texting back and forth about is as much as people may not like Beryl, he always had a plan. Now you may not have agreed with that plan. We may have agreed with Sven's plan instead, but there was always a plan, right? Um, and his point is that Cologne doesn't have a plan right now. So when Volgamut came in with Veril, they had a plan. Now we may not have agreed with it, you know, becoming more German centric as opposed to whatever, even though most of our contributing players are French or whatever, but we had a plan. I think you can get behind that. So where he's struggling to support his club is he doesn't understand what their plan is, what, what they're doing at this point. So let's flip this over to Stuttgart right now is we've got Vinamax, which nobody likes. We've got Veril, which he's been under the radar, you know, thankfully. Bogumut has kind of raised himself up a little bit. This club is in a position to finish in the top. I mean, the announcer said it on Saturday. Relegation is no longer a concern. I mean, let's just stop talking about that. Now, where we finish is an interesting question. And this is a completely amazing Schwabian place to be. I don't want to finish top four. I don't want to finish top seven. Um, 
where does Ted want this club to finish? I'm interested. What do you think? It's such a good question and such a difficult one to answer because I, I think when we when we try to answer this question, we kind of we end up working at cross purposes with ourselves. Um, just like selfishly, I I, I want to be able to watch us in Champions League on Paramount Plus next year. How amazing would it be to see us playing in these huge European stadiums again? And um, and how amazing would it be for our club that we are evangelizing because we love it so much to have so much more global exposure as well. Um, you know, I think the last time we were in champions league, if we think about how much TV audiences um, and global marketing and social and all of that stuff has changed things, it's a huge opportunity for Stuttgart to gain more eyes around the world. Um, and, you know, justify more trips to the states or um or other continents um so in that sense i think it's absolutely awesome um but when you talk about the plan i think verla volgamut our guys have done an amazing job of coming up with one but my guess is even they would admit um if pressed we're way ahead of schedule and it's like we were not planning for this. I doubt they have a plan for this level of success. And what happens when suddenly you're playing, you know, I, I don't know, 30%, 50% more matches um, and, and tiring guys out. And you've got to build a roster that can compete midweek fixtures. Like we look back at that Dortmund match and what it looked like for them to play a Tuesday or Wednesday game and then come and play us and you have to sub Matt's homels out in like the 30th minute because he's so gassed and can't keep up with our guys. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm talking myself in circles, um, <laughs> to, to answer your question as bluntly as possible, bring on champions league. I'm here for, <laughs> I, I would love it. Um, I don't know that it will be the best thing for us, uh, in, in a couple of years time, but I would absolutely love it. No, and I, I'd no, love to know what you think on no, that. There's no easy way to answer this question because you look at what is happening at Union Berlin right now and you're like, oh my God. And you look at what happened at Cologne, which is a club I, I, I follow in the late 2010s when they made it to Europa League and you're like, oh my God. But you're like, you look at what happened, what Freiburg's doing, what Frankfurt does. And you're like, okay, they can handle it. They know how to make it work. I think it's about stability and I know as a Stuttgart supporter, as soon as you say that word, everybody's like, okay, we're done because that's not what we do. But not if, in my vocabulary. I know. But if we're stable, we have the same core players, coaching, managing staff, then it can work. I firmly believe that. I don't think Europa League or Champions League by itself is a poison ivy where you immediately fall apart. I think if you're a weak club, yes, you do. Now, we have been traditionally a weak club. So that's where I agree with you. I'm talking myself in, myself in circles. I don't know how to feel about this. I think at the end of the day, that's, it's the same thing when people ask me, oh, you know, what do you feel about Seiru? It's like, I don't want to talk about it because I just want to enjoy the moment. People talk about of the future. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to enjoy the moment because we've had so many dark moments over the last how many years. Let's just enjoy the moment. So if it, comes Amen. the guy who has impressed me the most over this entire span is volgamut to be quite honest uh his ability to get players maxi milstadt who we'll talk about later that guy i thought he was a scrub uh no he is a key core player and you look at some of the guys he's brought in you're like okay Dennis, who, or, these are oh my goodness so i think if we can keep a core together I think things can work out well. And this is where I go back to what Jeff was saying with uh, Cologne is that I think with Veril and I think with Volgamut, they want to create a core of Stuttgart based players who stay here and want to be part of here where Sven wanted to get high profile players who would be here for a year and sell them. And I don't disagree with what Sven said at all. Because I think both of those methods actually fit together. It's just there may have been some loss in communication a little bit. But, Ted, I'm with you. 
<laughs> bring on Champions League. I would love to see what we could do in those weekday matches. I'd love to see Lillian Egloff and Sven Milosevic play uh, you know, against Mainz on a, a Saturday after we play against Liverpool on a Wednesday with our, our starting guys. So, yeah, to, uh, I, bring it on. Let's go. Yeah, and we've got the stability, Travis. I don't know if you saw, but we um, we signed Sebastian Redlow um, until 2026. A guy that we didn't even know was on the team has been re-signed. <laughs> that is a testament to Fabian Volgamut's fantastic work. Um, and he, that Sebastian Bredlow is a man we will surely be seeing in Champions League next season. I don't season. know what Ted is talking about. We signed Fabian Bredlow to a contract extension, but the Valby International Twitter somehow misspelled his name from Fabian to Sebastian and posted Sebastian Bredlow. So we signed all the Bredlows for eternity, I believe. So I think, you know what? We're good. We've got all the bread lows. So if you're a bread low, give us a follow because we can hook you up pretty quick. Here we go. Part three, news, headlines, and questions. So here we go. So there weren't, Ted, really many news headlines at all, uh, other than Fabian Bredlow, as you alluded to earlier, was signed to an extension um, did you find this odd at all? He's fine to an extension until 2026. He seems to be comfortable being the second team goalie. This gets to a question that, you know, Balham asked, you know, is Nubel, you know, how well is he doing? Nubel's obviously doing amazing, but I don't think anybody thinks Nubel's going to be here long term. So Fabian Bredlow, comfortable being a late 20s backup? Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I was pretty surprised um, to see that news come across my feed, just knowing that um, it, at least internally, everyone keeps talking about Dennis Simon as the future. Um, and um, so I thought we were going to keep riding the the new bell train until Dennis was ready. Um, so um yeah, hopefully not a harbinger of uh, of a quicker departure than um, than we're hoping for with Alex. I don't know the answer to this. I would be hard pressed if we could get Alex cheap to let him go. I don't know if we could afford his wages, which is always a big thing. Whereas Dennis, we definitely could. But if this was fantasy manager, I would be really hard pressed to let Alex go at this point. What about you? I completely agree. I, I This is one of those where it seems on the face of it with what very little information either of us has, um, that it's a good deal for both clubs. Um, Nubel is going to get a full 90 for, you know, you figure 32 out of 34 match days, maybe even 34 match days. Like it's awesome game experience for Bayern to get their guy. Um, and I don't know what of his wages were footing, um, but it, it seems like a good deal for them. And it's a great deal for us because we're getting a keeper who's far better than anyone else on our roster right now. Yeah. I, I feel like Fabian getting the extension means he's going to be the number two so that Alex is going to go. And which means Dennis is going to be here. And it might be like a Freiburg situation where they have Florian Mueller in the background, just in case. And Florian knows He's the backup for that kid, and Freiburg. Uh, it's a, it's a weird, kind of a strange situation. Those of us like Matt and I always clamor. Listen, we're a club of youth. You got to play the youth. When a guy like Alex is playing that well, you're like, well, <laughs> maybe we could stay with the vet here. And it, but if if Dennis isn't playing, he's not getting any benefit from that. So I don't know. It, it's a strange situation for the club. Let's get into one of the questions that Flabby asked. Uh, Flabby. As you know, Enzo's hairstyle, you know, he got a haircut, and since then they're two and oh. So, are you a believer in the uh, the haircut? Good luck. Maybe it's a streamlining. Um, you know, he is certainly a more aerodynamic guy now. <laughs> um, I'd be interested to see his top speed on the pitch, uh, pre haircut versus post haircut. Maybe there's something there. Um, and I think it looks good, especially with the with the little mustache. Um, Enzo's got a good thing going right now. And he the had results the, themselves. Yeah, he had the uh, 
speaker moment on ESPN plus this uh, weekend. So he was the guy who got to talk. So, you know, he looks good, play good. You know, I was always a believer in the haircut, the good luck haircut, you know, if you look good, you know, you play good type of thing. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out for me. So hopefully Enzo pans out for you. That kind of guy asked, he says, you know, hopefully you understand my English. It's not my first language. You know, Kai, listen, Ten and I, we speak English and barely anybody can understand us at all. So don't you worry about it. He says, Max Middlestadt's 26 years old, 90 minutes today, played 88 ball contacts, 89% pass rate, 39 for 44, successful dribbles, four for six, one assist, one pre-assist, incredibly strong game from Maxi. It's crazy how he's developing a little Max Middlestadt love. Ted, I'll start off here. I thought when we signed this guy, this is a scrub from Hertha Berlin who is going to be a Pascal Stenzel, who's going to be a Borna Sosa backup if Borna gets hurt, because Borna gets hurt a lot. Little did I know that Fabian Volgmut signed a guy who is going to be, I don't know if you remember that first goal. He beat two guys on the dribble by himself. He is a gritty, not dirty. I, when I say dirty, I don't mean in a bad way, player. I love this guy. And I think he's ingraining himself in the Stuttgart faithful really quickly. He has played more than 150 games in the Bundesliga. This isn't a kid, but this guy is developing under Honus like something. People have been talking about him. Oh, maybe he can play for the national team. I'm like, whoa, slow your roll a little bit. But that's where people are talking. I was going to reply in Icelandic um just to show off to to kai but um but i i don't want to come off as a pompous jerk on on the pod so um so i'll i'll keep it english um but kai no worries your english is fantastic buddy um and as i think you bring up a very very good point as far as maxi middlestead goes um and, and keep in mind this was what for us a a net 12.5 million dollar transfer or 11.11.5 million dollar transfer i think borna out at 15 million or thereabouts and maxi in at three and a half like an amazing piece of business i had thousand ted five hundred thousand five excuse me sorry that yeah. was wow okay that's blowing my mind i thought we signed them for like three million um that's right incredible um and yeah, I, I had the same exact thought as as everyone else. I thought this guy's coming in to be a backup, um, not much development potential. And I have been incredibly in, impressed. Um, that first goal, he's getting pressed so hard by those two defenders and his ability as a defender to spin out of that and then immediately have the vision to drop a dime across the field to Enzo um that that was masterful it's funny because those of us who have lived through the last few years we have a certain officiation uh love affair with the pellegrino years right borna and sasha which is fine they played a particular style but Mil maxi middlestad is just impressed like crazy here he's got an umlaut in his name he's been playing amazing on that one side he allows anton to kind of move into a back three because he can move up i've been really just crazy impressed with him so you know kai yeah that guy is just what to volume what a purchase that that guy was mike asked with the last two wins, oh boy, have we established ourselves as a top six team for the season? All right, Ted, put you on the spot. There's 18 teams in the Bundesliga, top six, middle six, bottom six. I will take you off the gas a little bit. I will prop, I'll say, listen, middle six is probably where we'll finish. So I'll allow you to be the kind of positive guy here. But boy, what do you think? Oh man, um, uh, this is a tough one, <laughs> and I think I think it so much of the answer really hinges on the next six eight weeks. Um, we have a murderer's row of a schedule coming up with Dortmund in the cup, with Bayern and Bayer in the league. Um, and the winter transfer window. And so we're going to find out what happens with Seiru. Um, you know, 
is he um is he speaking truth when he says you know despite the exit clause he doesn't want to leave Stuttgart before um before next summer um if that's the case I think we are legit I think we are a top six club um and, and that's not just me being good cop here um I think we're a top six club with Seiru on our roster um Undav as our you know our number two guy mm-hmm. um if Seiru goes I think you're spot on middle six is a totally realistic expectation. And we all would have made that bargain um, at the beginning <laughs> of the season. I think you hundred percent nailed it is it's almost like you have to leave this club going into Christmas, right? Going into Christmas. I think hundred percent we're a top six club just based on the way we're playing right now and the form we have hundred percent. If we stay, it's not even healthy. If we keep this roster together, post Christmas are we a top six club I think that's where everybody's kind of at right now is does say stay on this club does Dennis stay does you know know, all these rumors Anton because there's been rumors about him leaving do all these guys stay if they stay I think yes we are a top six club which is crazy to think because like you said we would have all signed on to be 13th (laughs) by if you said on August to do this. So yeah, you know, to your question, Mike, I, I think we can be a top six club, but unlike the usual top sixes, we have a lot of kind of things going up in the air a little bit. And this kind of goes to the next question. I am Rob Holloway asked this question. Frankfurt used to be one of those teams that would get the better of us consistently. Oh, how the tables have turned. I love the feeling of giving up a goal and knowing that we will score again. Undav has been great and stepped up pretty much every time we've needed him to. 27 points for December is amazing, end quote. Here's where I love what I and Rob said. I didn't feel like we were down in this match. Like, I, Matt said this a couple episodes ago. I feel like we have a chance every minute Things are happening. And this goes to a couple of years ago. We've never thought these guys ever gave up. And there was a great uh, tweet which showed the guys during Dr. Bridges' uh, injury where they were all kind of giving advice to each other. But these guys don't give up, and they never have. And the fact they're not giving up and they never have, plus the fact they have talent and they have belief, Ted, that's a dangerous combination for any club to run up against right now. I think that was a hallmark of our team um, in the the Pellegrino years as well as that we didn't have quit in us. You know, they would play the full 90 minutes. Um, the difference now seems to be we've got the quality to come back when we're down um, and, and win matches and see them out rather than, you know, in, I feel like instead of looking for one point out of matches, we're so much more commonly looking for three points. Um, and, and the fans, I think, we all really feel like that's possible, which is great. No, a hundred percent. And I think that was the big thing is going to this match, especially because of what was happening with their supporters in this Frankfurt match is it was a Stuttgart stadium. Again, these guys played like they were at home again. And we walked away with three points, like a home team should again, it was just bizarre to see this, this kind of aggressiveness. And this goes to the question of Schwabalicious asked which is a fantastic twitter handle by the way <laughs> schwabalicious uh quote looked like frankfurt didn't reach his peak today but let's just take this deserved win and continue tough weeks to come with byron Dortmund, and byron end quote so schwabalicious one love your twitter handle two he, this gets into what something ted you just said and i, I kind of want your thoughts on this is we've gone through the teams we should have beaten and we have Outside of like the Heinheim match and the Hoffenheim match, okay. But for the most part, we won the matches we should have met, we should have won. But now we're going up against the big dogs. After the Bremen match, I'm actually super excited to play Bayern and Bayern and just see where we stack up. And maybe we lose six nothing, like my Morcom did to Wrexham <laughs> today and Ryan Reynolds, but we'll see where we are. So where are you? Are you excited to see this? Are you dreading this? I mean, usually going into the Christmas break, you want to play a, a, a layup, right? So you can feel good about yourself. I'm excited to play the big dogs to see where we, we are. 
I am too. Yeah. Um, because so much of it now is just questions swirling around us. Who are we really? Are we just a product of what's so far been in a somewhat of an easy schedule? Um, so I'm excited to see, are we at eye level with these guys? Can we compete? Um, are we the real deal? And B, what an awesome Christmas present to all of us if we can nick points off of Leverkusen and Bayern. Um, how amazing would that be to end the year? Yeah, we'll probably do the minds thing and we'll beat Bayern and lose to Bayern and help Bayern win their 17th championship in a, in a row here. So this goes the sooner Werder Verder's question. You guys are on a roll. I wouldn't want to be the next team that plays you. You know, uh, Bremen, Fans, speaking of, Ted, let's move on to part four. Stuttgart, Hose and Bremen. All right, Ted, so here we go. So we played these guys a number of times, over 100 times, 38 wins for Stuttgart, 36 wins for those guys. Uh, we are the top spiel on Saturday now because this is our orange origin team. This is where we kind of started to meet up because the first time they played, it was on a Monday and they lost six to two in 2016. And Matt and I started texting and that's what got this whole ridiculousness. You know, kind of started up here a little bit last year. If we bring it back to kind of more current times, we lost at home to them zero to two. Uh, we lost two to not a good record against them last year. Currently, they're in 12th place. They were just hammered by Leverkusen, 0 and 3. They have only got one win in their last five. When I say Bremen to you, yo, what do you think about those guys? I think Bremen is very much like Stuttgart has been the last couple of seasons. Or, or actually, I should say uh, more respect due to them. I think... Bremen has been what we expected to to be um, in an optimistic scenario this season, last season. Like, I don't think that they're at risk of relegation. I think they're going to stay slightly above the fray. Um, but I think they're very much, uh, you know, somewhere in the the low teens as far as table standing at the end of the season. Um, 13 is probably their number one um, or, or pretty close to it. Um, so, I don't, I'm not terribly fearful about this match. Um, I, I think Stuttgart should roll these guys. Um, no offense to, to Sooner Verder. Um, I love following him on Twitter. Um, but I, I think hopefully this season, I think gone are the days considering how much we've generally speaking, been beating up on teams that we should beat mm -hmm. um, Heidenheim being the exception, but they're a very interesting and unique team. Um, I, I think I feel pretty confidently about this one. All right. So what do you think the betting organizations have this one at? This is a home game? Home game. Okay. So that comes with the customary half a goal as it is. I'm guessing I'm guessing they have us by a whole goal. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it's Stuttgart minus a goal in this one. Now, this is a big match for a lot of reasons because we have Bayern and Bayern going to the break. So if we can get a win here at home, we've got 30 points. We are just feeling great about things. And we can go into those two matches like we just talked about and we can just flex and see where we are. We've got three watch parties. We've got one in Youngstown, one in Cleveland. The one I'm really excited about is the one in Omaha. They are the longest standing Stugart supporters group in the United States and Peter has got them back going again. Ted, I'm usually pretty pessimistic when it comes to predictions, but I'm going to say a three, one result in this one. I just say is going to be rested. Say is going to be healthy. Undav is just playing lights out. That guy is a poacher like none other. I just think we're going to be. And after watching the way the Frankfurt supporters were, and I get it, there's social issues behind what happened. MHP Arena is a fortress, and that place is so loud. If we don't come away with three points, I'll be surprised. I, I think at least a point, but I'm saying Stuttgart 3-1 in this one. What do you say? 
I'm riding a wave right now um, and, and feeling very, very excitable. Um, I I will go David Small level and guarantee three points um, because that, that worked out fantastically when he was on the pod. Uh, D Small. And, and now it just puts it just puts Matt under more pressure um, when when he comes back next after his his victory lap. It's true because. Matt won the Michigan match. David, unfortunately, lost the Auburn-Alabama match. <laughs> you lost the Michigan match. It, it, but we, like you said before, the one thing that brings us together is what? Bowf Bay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us this episode. We will hopefully, you know, Ted, next week, talk to you after a big what? Three points. W, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get both the three point W everybody. All right, guys. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Travis. I think in this one, I'm going to take Darmstadt. You know, they just showed to me personally that they are a capable opponent opponent because they just took on my mighty Freiburg in the most exciting match <laughs> I probably watched in well this week <laughs> yeah I can't believe Cologne is getting half a goal on the road in this one so I'm gonna take Darmstadt simply because of that for our friendship I hope that Cologne can get a result in this one because Jeff is struggling pretty hard so hopefully Cologne can get the result so we go to saturday so we got bayern munich is hosting struggling union berlin union berlin on the road is getting two goals what do you think is it is it byron all the way i yeah. union is just having one of those years that you can't trust them to do anything yep i'm taking byron in this one too so let's go to the next match is bokum and wolfsburg this is a bizarre one Bochum is hosting Wolfsburg, and they are a draw. So it's even Steven. I'm going to take Wolfsburg in this one, even though they're on the road. What about you? I'm with you. Wolfsburg showed a little bit of a, a fight last week against Leipzig. I, I, I that, that has me having a little bit of confidence in them. This is a hard one for me. So we have Gladbach hosting Hoffenheim. Gladbach is minus half a goal, so they're the favorites in this one. Hoffenheim usually plays better on the road, though. So, what do you think? Oh, this one's tough because you know Gladbach did beat Wolfsburg uh, four to zero two weeks ago, but then they went and laid an egg against uh, uh, Dortmund. So they're they're kind of up and down. They're they're hard to predict um, since they're playing. Who are they playing? They're playing Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. Hoffenheim. Ah, it's hard. I'm going to go with Matarazzo on this one. I, I concur. I, Hoffenheim plays better on the roads. So I'm going Hoffenheim in this one, plus half a goal. Next match is Leipzig at home versus Heidenheim. Leipzig minus one and a half. I, I'm going Leipzig all day long on this one. Heidenheim plays great at home, not so great on the road. What about you? I'm with you. I, I can't stand Leipzig, but I don't, I don't see Heidenheim this one out all right so then the last match on saturday is stuttgart versus bremen stuttgart is hosting bremen it's stuttgart minus a goal in this one which is a pretty big spread uh both ted and i are pretty optimistic you optimistic for stuttgart yeah i'm optimistic for stuttgart solely because in the last couple of months or so uh the only wins that uh bremen have had have been against union and cologne so not very impressive. So yeah, I'm going with Stuttgart in this one. Let me ask you this. Because even this though, is- yeah, sorry, even though that Jirasi looked a little off today, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll take Stuttgart. So we go to the next day. So we go to Sunday. We've got Mainz is hosting your Freiburg. Mainz is minus half a goal. They had a one, one draw today. If, if I don't fall asleep, I, I'm hoping that they don't cover by the time I fall asleep in this game next week. Um, you know what? Mine's at home. I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Freiburg. I, I think they're away from home. Maybe that'll energize them a little bit. 
and after this week, they they got to have some life in them somewhere because they're 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 well rested after that game. <laughs> I like Freiburg plus half a goal. The other match on that day is Leverkusen versus Dortmund. That's a big big match. Everybody's gonna be paying attention to that one. Leverkusen is hosting their minus half a goal. I got Leverkusen in this one. I don't think Dortmund is much to be scared of. What about you? Leverkusen all day long in this one. I mean, yeah, yeah Dortmund doesn't hasn't impressed me very well. And Leverkusen this year is just, they're, they're just, you don't want to face them. Nope, nope. And the last match of the weekend is Augsburg hosting Frankfurt in a pick em. I'm going to take Frankfurt simply because Augsburg is, boy, I don't know. I got to pick one team, so I'll take Frankfurt in this one. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. It, it It's funny because Frankfurt, when I see that they're seventh on the table, I, I, I have to double check it. But yeah, they're playing pretty decent this year. So I'll, t- I'll take Frankfurt as well. All right, there you go, folks. That is the world according to Oz. He is leading our predictions machine. Oz, any last thoughts for anybody out there before we sign off for this episode? Absolutely not. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. All right.